Hey there, folks over at CommanderCast.com, MTGCast.com, and now CommanderSociety.com. It's time for another episode of Rivals Duel, in a very special edition where Noel and I have no spoilers to talk about at all. Yeah, hallelujah, there's no spoilers. The little bit of news that has come out of Watsi is minuscule at best. We don't have a giant pile of stuff we have to talk about. We can just actually have our podcast be about something other than the news from Watsi. Yes, thank God. I love new cards. I really do. I love new cards as much as anyone else. But I was kind of sick of our show being a recap of whatever Watsi's new product was going to be this week. Right. And I think we might actually get another one in before Commander Spoilers, too. What's that? Oh, like another episode Another non-episode of, of non-news uh, you know what? I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, let's, let's not jinx it, but I think if, I, if I've if i read the schedule correctly, I think we'll actually get a couple episodes where it's not, all right, let's talk about new products, but then we'll be ready to again, because it will be Commander, yeah, there'll be four color, and we'll be excited for them. Yeah, we'll be excited again by the time we get spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so in light of that, we are... Uh, and to all of our faithful viewers who have stuck through the spoiler episodes, not hearing me and Noel Bicker for forever, we have a completely irreverent, uh, utterly unquantifiable argument that me and him are almost certainly going to disagree on, and it will be most of the episode. We will have a nice, short episode where almost all of it is the argument again. Remember what that was like, folks? Yeah, four months ago when we were actually able to talk about stuff. Yeah, um, I do appreciate that we took the route, other than a lot of podcasts I listen to that just kind of disappeared. Like, I don't know if any of you guys are big fans of Cube, but most of the Cube podcasts just, like, we're not putting out a set review for Eldritch Moon, because we just did two set reviews. No. You you mean, uh, for Kaladesh? No, for El- no, a lot of them have kind of picked back up on Kaladesh, but just missed Eldritch Moon. Because it really? Literally, yeah, because it went, like... Shadows, Eternal Masters, Eldritch Moon, Conspiracy. So they'll just they they missed one in there, or they missed Eldritch Moon, or missed Conspiracy, or something like that. Most of them are have hit Kaladesh now. But did we do an Eternal Masters? We did do an inter, an entire Eternal Masters episode, didn't we? Yeah, we did because there was no oh, stuff man. to justify it. Weak. Keep up, guys. Yeah. Right. So so I am thankful that we didn't end up in that boat. Though there were at times where it's just like, God damn, another set review. Yes. But we are through that now. We have wandered in the desert for long enough, and now we are into the promised land that is Eric and I screaming at each other. Yes. And uh, we picked uh, we picked a really, really fun argument for today. I think we're really going to enjoy it. Right. But and, first... and one that neither one of us can possibly, uh, like, objectively win either. Yeah, one that uh, <laughs> it's not it's going to be a useless, stupid fight like most of the battles throughout history. Yep. It'll be great. Yeah. I am excited. So let's knock out a little bit of of news and what I say. What I'm going to start calling stuff from Watsi, mm-hmm. stuff from Watsi Land. Um, there's an F and M promo for December. It's called the Bloodline. Call the Bloodline kind of sucks. Yep. The art is the art is better than the regular Call the Bloodline art, but still not interesting. Yep. Do not care. Yeah. And judge promos were Zer the Enchanter and Defense of the Heart. They're pretty. If you're a Zer fan or 
we both kind of agree more people should play Defense of the Heart in Commander. Yeah, if you're one of the three people who plays Defense of the Heart. People, if you haven't heard of Defense of the Heart, look at that card, read it, and then stop for a moment, reread it, and ask yourself why you haven't been playing it. Yeah, it's in the world of cheaty green cards, which really is a pretty small club when it comes right down to it. Mm-hmm. Like, at the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent controls three or more creatures, sacrifice Defense of the Heart, search your library for two creature cards, and put those cards onto the battlefield. Tutor onto the battlefield. Two creatures. It's like uh, it's it's like a conditional um tooth, tooth and nail. nail. Yeah, like it's but, and it costs four. It's green and three. It has to sit there till your next upkeep. But yeah, I I think this is super good, especially in EDH where there's always going to be someone flooding the board. Uh, the new art is kind of cool. The new art for Zer is awesome, which is good because the old art for Zer was real weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like, isn't that the one with the weird toes? Uh, it, yeah, the one with, like, the weird hand feet and the... Yeah. The one where he's clearly just the craziest old man you've ever seen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'd, I'd look it up, but I'm afraid to touch my computer. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even breathe on it wrong. I'll kill right. you. That's what I'm trying not to do. But, so, yeah, so, in the land of stuff from Watsy... That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. We don't have to spend another 45 minutes on Watsy stuff. How about the land of stuff from emails, Noel? Let's talk about the best email ever. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to try very gently to get to the email. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tiptoe to the email without waking the slumbering glitch beast. Right. So this is from Stark Maximum. Uh, on That's his handle on Twitter as well as the name he signs on here. And this is from a couple episodes where we were talking about Gonti and whether it was shirtless. He said, seeing as this is clearly the only important takeaway from the last episode, I found in contact with the artist for Gonti's card on Twitter, so consider this information from the source. And it cuts over to Darken, who's the uh, person who wrote it. Um, and let me pull up the Twitter here. Uh, it says, random question, is Gon- as Gonti artist, you can consider the character shirtless. And he says, haha, yeah, I guess it is. And it's awesome asking for a friend's deck. And he has topless dudes, uh, topless men specifically. So... Thank you, Stark Maximum, for reaching out to Darken and clarifying that. <laughs> he does put on here, Gotti, confirmed shirtless. Now, granted, the Aetherborn are actually considered in the story to be neither male nor female, and they use they as a pronoun, which could preclude him from being a shirtless man. But what they aren't for sure is a shirtless woman, so in the spirit of inclusivity, I would not oppose Gotti having a spot in shirtless men the deck. I agree. There you go. I, I feel like that card will probably make it into my shirtless man commander deck. Yep, you uh, you got it. You can have your shirtless man commander deck that <laughs> features Gaunty. Yes. By the way, this is the greatest thing ever. I'm just going to say <laughs> it. Thank you, Stark Maximum. This is easily the like coolest like real world bleed into thing I've ever seen happen uh, from this podcast. So I'm I, happy that you're happy. <laughs> I am thoroughly amused by this. You have no idea. All right. We involved, uh, we involved real people in my stupid little social justice joke. <laughs> and now we uh, we get to have a big old argument. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes, we do. Okay. So our argument today is, uh, is about the colors. It's about which one has the best something. Uh, as we are wont to do, we have done best try before, I think, or at least it's come up that we might do that eventually. We, uh, we've talked about monocolor generals and all that. But today we are talking about which of the five colors has the best tentpole monster. Yep. What it is is that Watsi has kind of said these are the big marquee monsters in each set. 
And mm-hmm. uh, because of that, um, you can then because they've given one to each color, it becomes easy to compare them. And there is one definite loser and yes, four that are worth com- conversating about. For those of you who are maybe not keeping up at home or don't know these off the top of your head, white has angels, blue has sphinxes, black has demons, red has dragons, and green has hydras. Mm-hmm. And to cover and... it real quick, sphinxes are not even in the same fighting class as the other four. Absolutely. Uh, sphinxes are just like they blue doesn't do big, scary monsters. And that's fine. Uh, that's like they do it sometimes. They try doing the sea monster thing and they die, try doing the sphinx thing. And it's it's always cool. But in like, a, oh, that's cute kind of way. Um, no one ever really looks at the power level of the sphinxes or the sea monsters. And they're like, oh, yeah, those are the best cards that have been printed or anything like that. And they're just not, they just aren't even that memorable. There right. is a couple really good ones. Consecrated Sphinx and Sphinx of Uthun are the ones that instantly come to most people's mind. Sure, and you've got a couple that are solid role players like uh, Sharding Sphinx and Charm the Hedgebon. Mm-hmm. But for the purposes of this argument, it's worth mentioning we are sticking to monocolor uh tentpole monsters because we are talking about the the five which color has the best tentpole monster so we felt it would be kind of cheating to be able to include the other colors when we were doing it not to mention it gets real degenerate for some colors real fast if you can go to the other colors that have splashed them mm-hmm. absolutely uh but so when you just look at the mono blue sphinxes the 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 unfortunate reality is that a lot of them just aren't memorable. Like they, tr- a lot of them try to do super cool stuff, but most of them are just like really meh. Mm-hmm. And this is this is okay. Blue blue big creatures should be a rarity and don't have to don't have to like the fact that blue doesn't have a strong this is our big creature is fine as a part of blue's color identity. Absolutely, like, especially when you, especially when you consider that their color identity tribe is wizards. Yeah, I, or merfolk. Yeah, it could be merfolk. I, it used to be merfolk. I'd argue that it's wizards now. They don't have merfolk nearly as much as uh, like they used to. I, I recognize that merfolk is the legacy deck, but I don't think it's still the tribe. Mm, I, much uh, in the way that wor- green used to have worms as the tentpole monster and now has hydras. Yeah. Um. Now, now, in fairness, if we if we do consider Leviathans, because I don't know that they've ever said that blue is Sphinxes by Mar, I think someone has said that it's Sphinxes. They did. But... Some someone designated it during one of the uh, one of the core set things back in the day. They were talking about they had defined the tentpole monsters, and it was where the big news for it had nothing to do with the Sphinxes. It was that Hydras were officially the tentpole monster for green. Yeah, and as far as that goes, like even if you think that it is Leviathans. There's what Stormtide Leviathan. There's Lorthos they're not Freshmaker. Very good, yeah. yeah, like there's not. And then it's like, do you include sea serpents? Do you include octopi because of the krakens and all that? Like, it's just it's it, it, it's messy. And the fact that you can confuse their tentpole monster kind of demonstrates the problem. Yeah. Um. Fortunately, we're not having an entire argument about who has the worst one because that would be a very boring episode. That would be a very boring episode because we agree. Now we get into the other four, which are the big ones. We've got dragons, angels, demons, and hydras. And just while we're talking about all of them kind of in general, 
one of these things is very much not like the other in that hydras have not been around nearly as long so there isn't there isn't half as many green mono green hydras as there is mono red dragons mono black demons or mono white angels sure which can both help and hinder it like yes one of the reasons that so to, to give you an example i did not choose demons and part of the reason i didn't choose demons is because demons for so long were so bad this is true uh i I wouldn't hold that against the modern demons. I think that a lot of modern demons are really, really good. Uh, and the crap, how crappy demons used to be is not really a problem for me. My problem with demons is that I think demons are suffering from a bit of an identity crisis. When I look at the demon cards, there's a lot of cards that have a really distinct identity that don't go in with any of the other demon cards. That's like that's fair. There's some that are like the deal with the devil, good things happen to you now, bad things happen to you later. There's some that kill and eat creatures. There's some that slowly punish you over a number of turns. You're right mm -hmm. in that there's not necessarily a distinct, this is what demons do, other than be big, be black creatures, and mostly fly? I think they all fly. Yeah. Not all of them, but mostly, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the problem is, is like some of my favorite creatures are demons. Abyssal Persecutor, famously one of my one of my favorite creatures ever printed. Mm -hmm. uh, I love uh, I love Bloodgift Demon. I love uh, various forms of Obnixilis. I love the uh, Shadowborn I, I, Demons, a solid character. Yeah, yeah, Shadowborn Demons guy, I really like. But the problem is, is that a lot of these demons feel really distinctly demonic. When you look at Lord of the Pit, you go, wow, that's what a demon is supposed to be. And then you look at uh, something like Grizzlebrand, and you're like, wow, that is what a demon is supposed to be. And then you put them side by side, and you're like, hang on, so what is a demon supposed to be? Because both of these work, but they kind of don't match each other. They're two very different kind of cards. And so because of that, I look at the demons and I'm, I just feel they're a little too schizophrenic. And it's not that any of the identities they go with are weak. It's just that they're all over the map. It's hard to get a bead on what demons are largely supposed to be. Like, there's an idea of your big trade-offs for big power. But, like, then you look at Runescar Demon and he has no downside at all. So it's, they're just, they're not cohesive enough. Sure, that's a, that's a very good way to put it, is that I want them to all do similar things, and they just don't, other than... Exactly. I, I like, it's a big, splashy effect is not a... is, is not a answer to what, what they all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they... And I will say, before we... Before we resign the demons to sit well above the sphinxes on the loser's tower i will say that demons have some of the sweetest art this side of uh this side of therese nielsen sure and they also have some sweet cards like we like by no means am i there is on the on the totem pole demons is probably fourth in my mind but demons it's, it's still a ways above yeah the, the we... awful that is sphinx we are poo-pooing on demons as a tribal whole. We are not poo-pooing on single demon cards because, like, demons are famously some of the best cards ever printed. Grizzlebrand is banned. Uh, like, anyone who's played with Runescar Demon knows how bad that can beat people up. Bloodgift Demon is one of the best cards ever printed on a 5-4 flying body. Like, it's the... 
demons are very, very, very good individuals, but they just don't work as a group. Yeah, they, they lack a tribal identity. Exactly. Except so, many of them are shirtless, Noel. Th- there are a lot of shirtless demons, but whether or not a demon is a man is a another conversation that I think you and I have had before. I think they are. I think you can call all demons men in the same way that all magic angels are women. Sure. Like, technically, probably not, but, like, close enough to go with it. And there are a couple that are noticeable exceptions, like Malik of the Dawn is obviously male. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right in that almost every almost being with with like noticeable two exceptions. Yeah. And there's there's one or two demon females, I think, but they're they are very, very rare. Almost every demon has a male identity. Yeah. So, OK, now, uh, now I noticed you stuttered when I said I put them forth. Is there a different tribe you put forth? Um, no, I don't okay. think so. uh, actually, you know what? They're probably competing with my next tribe down they're probably ne- actually you know what i think i do put this tribe forth i think i put demons above this tribe which is really weird coming from me i feel like you're about to say hydros i'm about to say dragons really yeah i think you are wrong sir uh i know you think i'm wrong so let's hear let's hear why you think dragons do not belong in a low spot so so dragons is actually my pick for the the most iconic and for a lot of reasons um, the first one is just magic history. Mm-hmm. You had that, like, when you when I say name a creature from Alpha, odds are mm-hmm. the first thing that one of the first reasons gets said is Shivan Dragon. They've had a, oh. con- a very consistent, this has been a part of magic's cult, not just even magic, but even just, like, fantasy in general. If I say name a fantasy trope, which is what magic yep. is based on, a dragon being a big scary creature that breathes fire and is red is, or or maybe not is red, but falls into red's color identity is there. They've had a consistent track record of being fairly powerful. They're a thing that everybody expects. So there's a lot of them, and a lot of them are very good. They are. Mm-hmm. They have probably recently been overtaken by, now the tribe I'm guessing is your number one, and uh, in recent, as far as, like, marquee power level. But mm-hmm. as far as, like, if you're looking for consistently over Magic's history, dragons have been the big, scary red creature, and, like... And to me, just screams. This is this is magic. This is red. These are the most. And and while their power level has kind of slipped, as far as iconic and best by whatever thing you're going to quantify it at, I think it's hard to argue against dragons. Uh, I will. Uh, I'll give you my my biggest argument against dragons. Mm-hmm. And my biggest argument against dragons is that magic dragons don't feel special to me. In, in as much as I look at magic dragons and I see dragons from every single piece of fantasy that has ever been written that happen to have magic cards about them. And I, I don't like that. I don't like that I can't differentiate magic dragons from dragons from anywhere else. Um, I also feel like their power level although the power level for dragons is relatively high it is outstripped by many other of the tribes including demons i think that overall demons have a much higher power level than dragons and this is coming from someone who really likes to play dragons and they kind of suffer from demon syndrome though not as much i admit uh in that they're a little bit all over the place like dragons largely are about the like you know a dragon's gonna fly 
unlike the demons, you know when you look at a dragon, dragons fly all the time. If a, if something if a dragon is not flying, it is the exception to the rule for some reason. Um, but I feel like after that, they are a little bit all over the place. And they've been getting better recently. They've been like really good about, okay, dragons are slightly lower costed to make playable. They usually have haste or some kind of instant board. They're meant to like, they're literally meant to swoop onto the board, do something scary. But for a long time, they were like, your dragon flies. And after that, it's kind of anyone's game. They were the origin of the fire breathing mechanic, which is kind of cool. But other than that, like, Hellkite Charger and Hoarding Dragon and Hellkite Igniter, uh, they, these guys have very little in common besides the fact that they fly. And I would, I would argue that they're all playing into kind of that trope of dragons. I would say that Magic Dragons being, you know, similar to dragons and other tropes give a strength to that tribe. And that if the dragons didn't do, if the dragons were weird, if they were, say, like, think like Asian Mushu S dragons. Mm hmm. And the best example I can find of an Asian dragon right now is Mushu, and that's kind of sad. But yeah, um, <laughs> if they were all Kokusho, sure. Then I think that would I I think that would do a disservice to Dragons of the Tribe. Like when we when you come into Magic knowing that it's a fantasy game, if I say Magic and Dragons, not not Magic the card game, but just Magic and Dragons, you have this idea of what that trope should be. And for if Dragons were to not fulfill that trope. I think would be a disservice to dragons. Uh, that being said, the more I think about it, as, as I'm sitting here thinking about iconic mono red dragons, I start thinking about a lot of them see play in decks that are using multiple colors or are, are going to see combos of like, I love dragon tyrant. I've done a lot of damage with dragon tyrant. I killed a lot of players with dragon tyrant, but I've done it mostly with scion of the Earth dragon, which is a five color dragon. Mm-hmm. Or, I go, how can you say dragons aren't iconic? You have Nicol Bolas and the cycle from Ledja. Crap, none of those are mono-red. Uh, the other the other problem, and the problem with the dragons that I mentioned about them like just being like too ubiquitous and too kind of samey, I don't think that's a fault of magic design. I think that's a limitation of the dragon trope now, because we've just seen them everywhere. They are the centerpiece to so much fiction uh that it's just like we're there's a glut of them whereas so like in when i was playing a a, like role-playing game recently i there i heard that there was a creature with wings and it was swooping around and it was like running off with cows and it was uh, frightening the townsfolk and it was destroying all sorts of things and I immediately thought it was a dragon, and I was like, okay, we're going to kill another dragon, whatever. And then I found out it was a manticore, and I got so excited. Just because a manticore is not the same, as a, it's, it's not as common as a dragon. Like, you can go anywhere to get your dragon fixed. And because of that, magic dragons feel less special to me. If we compare that to something like like angels and demons... Angels and demons happen a lot in fantasy fiction, but they aren't ubiquitous in the same way dragons are. Sure. What it, what an angel or what a demon will do in a given fantasy story is far more diverse than, say, what a dragon will do. I'll give you that. 
Mm-hmm. I'm starting. I'm starting to move dragons to number two on my list mentally because I'm starting to feel like there's a better choice, and I worry that I'm centering it on the same number one you have. But I seriously doubt it. So that leaves us with the last two. So go ahead. I'm. I'm your number one. I'm now moving towards angels, which you're moving towards hydras. So it's okay. We'll still have an argument. But yep. Uh, angels are your number one, and hydras are mine. So why do you think angels deserve to be number one? So angels have the same thing dragons do of a a pedigree and a history with magic. If I say name iconic creatures from Alpha, odds are Sarah Angel is also in that list. Like there's a or was Sarah Angel in Alpha? I may have just made a fool of myself. Oh uh, well, Sarah Angel was early enough that everyone knows Sarah. Sure. Angel. Like if, if it's I a say, running joke that how often it's been reprinted. Sure. If I say if I say name an iconic creature from early magic. I, in my mind, Shivan Dragon, Sarah Angel, and Bird of Paradise are kind of the first three things I ramble off. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has that pedigree. They have a very cohesive tribal identity. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and with that, though, they've been able to play with that in different blocks, like the Angels of Innistrad, the first go-around being the protectors of humans versus being the bad guys in Innistrad 2, versus, like, they've, they've given places for that angel trope to grow. You've yeah. got... Oh, go ahead. Um, I, I was just going to say, yeah, they've done a lot more kind of neat stuff with angels. Just And part of that is because a dragon is kind of the same no matter where you go. But in the different planes, they've kind of played with the idea of what a divinity would look like. And in a lot of places, they've played with the idea of white being the bad guy. And what does an angel look like on a plane where white isn't necess- white does not necessarily mean good? Right. Um, and so they've given kind of there's a there's a pedigree of stuff. And if you if you name and not di- let's discount immediate like fresh in our memory shadows over Innistrad block. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about like cool, like I- iconic spells from even contemporary magic design, you know, the, the card that I remember when I kind of first started getting back into magic seriously. It's going to be the same card as I, I know exactly what card you're going to say. I'm going to say Baneslayer Angel. Yep. Baneslayer Angel is one of the, like, singular cards that people who used to be into magic and fell out and then got back into it looked at it and was like, oh, this is a different game now. Holy cow, we're doing this now? Okay. Yeah. Sarah Angel's an uncommon now? That card used to be just a beat-em-up rare. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, to me, like, when I think of that, even, like, and and they run the gauntlet, you've got ones, admittedly, there's not, like, any, like, baby angels, so that would be kind of a cute, like, can we get, like, a (laughs) 3-3 Vigilant Flyer for three that's just a baby angel? Can Um, can we get a cherub that makes, like, (laughs) makes one creature, like, take damage for another? Yeah, like, that'd be kind of cute, but anyway, um... Like, you've got, from, like, Baneslayer being just a, a good threat at 5 to, uh, I, like, even, like, Shepherds of the Providence isn't good. That's the only angel I can think of that costs 4. Um, up to, like, Iona or Avacyn. Old mm. Avacyn. And this is me not not cheating and using, like, new Avacyn or the stuff that just... Angels are very fresh in the, fresh in the mind right now, so it's very easy to say that. But, like, I think that that Baneslayer Angel in a partic- in particular is a absolute triumph of, like, modern singular card design. What that card does is powerful and distinctive, mm-hmm. and the art is iconic, and what, like, its protection from demons and dragons is both useful and incredibly flavorful. Like, that is one of the... If, if I was making a top ten list of the best magic cards in the last decade, that is on it instantly um so i completely agree with everything you're saying Mm -hmm. and so for me like 
my issue is that or, or let, let me do this i'm going to put a pin in this and let you talk about hydra so then we'll start uh I think it would be. I think my reasoning would make the most sense if you talked about Hydras first. Okay. My my biggest thing with Hydras is that they don't ha- they don't have the the long term pedigree. Hydras are a relatively new thing to magic. The mm-hmm. the old like and and while they've played with the idea, I'd have to look and see how far back. But when I think of the first Hydra I can think of that was worth noting, Colonian Hydra. Uh. Colonial Hydra was definitely the first one that just one-shotted people. Right. Um, like, like, in, like na- name name a Hydra that has equal levels of... Omnivore. Omnivore came before Colonial Hydra, and that was a big one, especially to EDH players. Oh, yeah, Hydra Omnivore. Oh, oh, Primordial. There we go, sure. Primordial was a pretty big one. Protean Hydra came before that, but it wasn't as nearly Protean as Hydra noteworthy. Wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't a Hydra. Like, Protean Hydra was a thing because of Flash Hulk. Or no, I'm thinking of Protean Hulk. You're thinking of Protean Hulk. No, yeah. no. Protean Hydra is... Protean Hydra is, uh... Like, it's it's clearly a Hydra by design, but it is not a... It, it's no, it wasn't as, like, noteworthy and frightening as something like Primordial Hydra. Primordial Hydra is probably the first one that people would remember distinctly getting their heads stomped in by. Sure. So, they don't have the pedigree. While they've done a good job of... they. They, it, because of that they have the advantage of Watsi knew what they were doing and were kind of in a different phase of design when mm. they started making Hydras, so there aren't wacky kind of off the wall Hydras. Yes. Um. But to me, part of the joy of that is the the uh, the the joy of looking at it and going into like, haha, that's Binding Angel. That's kind of weird. Or I I think there's some wacky. Like, there's some clearly we-made-a-misstep-design Hydras. Uh, I just think that there's none that stand out as not really being a Hydra. Except Colony Hydra. There's, like, so I can think of one. But most Hydras are fairly cohesive. They definitely do not have the demon-dragon problem. When you... You could take away the creature type and the name and just read the rules text on any given Hydra card, and you can probably guess it's a Hydra. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they probably have the most co- like if we were going for most cohesive tribe, but mm-hmm. I think also that Hydra's just now in time if Hydra like admittedly like I can't think of a bad Hydra. Wizard doesn't make a lot of them, but the ones they make aren't like even the ones that are there are some that are just like these are okay. Yeah, but, but most of the, most of them are decent to really good. Right. Miscutter Hydra Hydra is very good. Ulvenwald Hydra is very good. Mm-hmm. Um. And they are very, very cohesive. All the Hydras, like, they are benefiting from coming in late. They are suffering from coming in late in design in that they don't have the same history to pull from, but they're benefiting in the way that they they feel like everyone was on the same page when they were making them. Right. And that's, I, I think that's a, a byproduct of, if you have to, if we say, like, which color has had the best tent pulls over time, mm-hmm. green gets real bad because then you throw in, like, worms... And like, yeah. like if if you have to take the current hydras plus the old crop of worms, worms were not super good. <laughs> yeah, there's there's let's let's be honest, let's call a spade a spade. A lot of worms, real bad. A lot of worms, real bad. There are some good worm cards. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of worms, real bad. Oh yeah, I remember like dirt call worm at Tempest pre-release. Yeah, baby. Um. Uh okay. That's actually me not being sarcastic. That's that oh I know sweet. Um, play more. By the way, look up that card. It it basically has landfall for your opponents getting bigger, and in EDH it gets huge. But 
I'm sorry. So go ahead and give your argument for hydras then. Okay. So I agree that if we were rating this on power level, angels win. If we were rating it on cohesiveness, hydras probably win. Um, but angels have they just have much more powerful cards overall in terms of utility and in terms of like static effects and all that stuff. But my argument, my argument for hydras over angels can be summed up in a uh, in a paraphrase from Jeremy Clarkson in that you can get better dogs than my dog, but I like my daft dog. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you can get a German shepherd or a golden retriever, which are incredibly smart, easy to train, obedient dogs. But I like my big, stupid polar bear with his round head. <laughs> I recognize that angels as a singular card or as like in terms of power level, in terms of history to the game, way more important than Hydra's. But angels are better. But I, I like Hydra's, damn it. But I'm not going to be swinging at anyone anytime soon with a 47-47 trampling angel. I can do that pretty easy with a Hydra, and that puts a big grin on my face, Noel. It's a giant smile, and it won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to formulate a response to, but I like them more. <laughs> they are more fun. I'm, they I, are fun. Here, here's, let me see if I can put your words into a more eloquent defensible position because I like them more is really, really hard for you to defend. I, uh, I think that in terms of the stories you're going to tell after the game, no one likes the person who put down an Avacyn or put down an Iona, but everyone loves talking about someone who swung with a 106, 106 lifeblood Hydra. Sure. You, you get bigger, splashier moments from Hydras as a tribe. Hydras, with that many mouths, you're going to bring a lot of smiles. <laughs> that, uh, and that's my argument. I think that uh, Hydras win on the basis that they... I think the benefits of modern card design outweigh the uh, the detriments of the low history in terms of them being very cohesive. In terms of power level, I will also argue that like they are... They are strong cards. Like they just aren't. They aren't as broken as something like Avacyn or Iona. It's hard to go up. It's hard for any tribe to go up against uh, angels, just because again they've been around for forever and Wizards has printed some extraordinarily powerful ones. But plus one plus one counters ain't nothing to mess with. It's very easy to break Hydras, on the virtue of the fact that. Plus one, plus one counters are one of the most mu abusable mechanics okay. Magic has ever printed. Double as a card, and therefore, plus hiders are abusable. <laughs> exactly. But my biggest reason that I'm voting for Hydras is that they are, I feel like they're distinct and unique. I feel like we see a lot of really cool stuff done with Magic's design with Hydras in terms of the art and the identity. Um, again, part of the benefit with that is that they aren't nearly as ubiquitous in fantasy, but they're still present enough that we get an idea of what they are. And in terms of mythology, there was only ever supposed to be one. It's kind of like like the Hydra is kind of the same as like the Kraken, 
where in modern fantasy they've taken the the concept and done a lot of really really cool things with it but it's all based off of one original just really iconic monster uh and i think that the tribe benefits because of that but mostly they just hydras make people smile they should replace clowns when you see a clown you don't (laughs) smile you run in the opposite direction but when you see a hydra you smile is it weird that now I'm imagining, like, you with a, <clears throat> say, Doberman-sized Hydra? Like, it's got, like, three or four little heads, and you've got a, like, you've got a leash on it that goes around, like, the base of all of its necks? <laughs> actually, the image yeah. is actually kind of funnier if you have four or five leashes for each head. <laughs> and they just keep getting tangled up in them, and it's, like, rolling on its back, like, eh. Yeah. Hissing and shit, because it's just caught up in the leash. Yeah. There's I a, think that's awesome. There's a thing. Can we have fan art of that? Any of our listeners have any kind of artistic ability? No one – and see, you you don't want to see fan art of me with an angel on the leash. That's disturbing. That's distressing. No one wants to see that. But a hydra on the leash brings would, a smile to your face. I would argue there's a certain class of people that what, would want to see, like, me leashed by an angel. <laughs> I had a drink in my mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, are we going to leave it at that, with my cartoonish love of the, the adorable pet hydras? Yeah, I, I really feel like we're, we're at a stopping point. This is an excellent time to have you, the listeners, weigh in. Which, yeah, which is your favorite tentpole monster? If you like sphinxes, you're wrong. But if you like any of the other ones, we're willing to hear your argument. Sure. Make, make, the, make your case in the comments below. Um, uh, I could absolutely see people saying dragons. I could see people saying demons. Um, mm-hmm. I almost said dragons before this episode started. So um, I think I've kind of settled on angels at this point. But we want to hear your guys' thoughts uh, in the comments below. Let us know what you think. Yeah, to, and... To be fair, or uh, to make it perfectly clear, I understand and agree that angels would be the sensible choice. But I'm not a sensible man, so I like Hydra's better. <laughs> I am not a sensible man. Eric Von V, 2016, everybody. Oh. I mean, at least I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm honest. Eric Von V, 2016. <laughs> I've seen your presidential campaigns. I could get elected based on that platform alone. Uh, I... <laughs> Hey everyone, Noel here. During our recording session, our recording equipment decided to stop working. While we thought we had recorded everything we'd lost, turns out we missed one important bit. As the U.S. elections are coming up and nothing says politics like EDH, we've decided to have the Rivals Go to the Polls, a deck-building competition between Eric and myself, to see who can make the most flavorful commander deck based on the two major frontrunners for the President of the United States, with apologies to all of you uh, Jill Stein and Gary Johnson fans. We'll then be having you guys vote to decide who will be the honorary president of Rivals Duel. Okay, now back to all the stuff that we recorded live. So next episode, that will be that'll be fun, that'll be our last episode before the election too. Oh yeah, so let's do it. So who do you want to? De- depending on who, uh, depending on who wins, it could be the final episode of Rivals Duel. Uh, the... <laughs> all right. So, or, uh, or the first one that we don't have to record when both of us are in Canada. Um, or, or that we're playing out over the radio waves of the nuclear apocalypse. Right. It's just, it's just cockroaches, Twinkies, and copies of Avatar of Woe. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so, who are you designing? Uh, You're the American, I'll let you pick. I, I know. Um, I feel like Donald has to be blue so you can play Invoke Prejudice. Right, I, I feel like both of them have to be blue. Um, I feel like Hillary Clinton is blue-black. 
You could argue that Donald Trump is red, white, and blue because he's just trying to get off on patriotism. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh... Ruhan would make a decent Donald Trump. He kind of has the hair. You do Ruhan as... Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's let's figure out general. You do Ruhan as Trump. I will do Vela the Nightclad as Hillary. I think, uh, I don't think you should do Vela. I think that you should do Marchesa. <laughs> Marchesa the Black Rose. Yep. Okay, so we have our plan. I will build Marchesa the Black Rose, Hillary Clinton. You will build Ruhan of the Fomori, Donald Trump. <laughs> yep. And the the rivals will go to the polls. And this will be, this is an excellent time to do another, like, Google Form poll voting thing, too. So all of oh. our, all of our, uh, our people will be able to vote on which the, deck will be finer? Who is the president of Rivals Duel? <laughs> yep. Uh, I this will be this will be great. This will be <laughs> we're gonna have a good time with this, I think. Excellent. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can't put any artifacts in the Hillary deck. <laughs> well, uh, now that we've got our plan for next week and uh, and everyone knows it's coming. And the end of our episode recording has been plagued with technical problems. I think it's time to move to the outro, don't you, Noel? I think so, too. If you'd like to get a hold of me, my email is noelclausen, N-O-L-E-C-L-A-U-S-O-N, at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of me on Twitter at at mtgnoel. Yep, you can get a hold of me uh, at uh, ericbonvi at gmail.com, E-R-I-C-B-O-N-V-I-E at gmail.com, or at that Bonvi guy on Twitter. You can also get a hold of me in the comments below on CommanderCast or at our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rivalsduel. And don't forget, we're also on mtgcast and commandersociety.com. Yep, and if you're looking for a direct RSS feed of the show, it is feeds.feedburner.com slash rivalsduel. And uh, that's it. We will see you at the polls two weeks from now, folks. Yep, thanks for listening.